Welcome to the Focus on Why podcast. I'm Amy Rowlandson and I ask my guests one simple question, why? Focusing on the importance of why, I share with you the relatable, uplifting and inspiring conversations I have with people from all walks of life. This podcast will encourage you to focus on your why to enable and empower you to achieve the success you desire. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why. Today, I am joined by Shuan Meng. Shuan, welcome. Thank you. And Shuan reached out to me to say, I love the show and I'd love to share my why on the show. So here we are recording and sharing your story, your why you do what you do. So let's ask that first question, uh, which is what is it you're doing at the moment, Shuan? So I'm focused on two work streams. Number one, um, I do HMOs and it's my income generating work stream. And I'm very, very proud to say that within two years, I've managed to build a portfolio of about 6 million um, pounds in Southeast London. Uh, and also I've managed to accumulate about 450K rental income per year within two years. So that's my HMO side. And also about six months ago, I got a little bit bored with HMO because it's the same story for me, oh, another six rooms, another 10 rooms. So um, I started doing flat conversion and I'm uh, converting a house in Stressham into flats at the moment. And I'm looking for more opportunities like this. So property, how did you get into property? Because clearly you've, you've launched yourself in and you've done really well, but what was the, the reason for property and why did you get started? Actually, in my background, I had about 10 years of experience working in the investment fund industry. So I have a good understanding of financial products and investment. And uh, while I was busy working for companies like Fidelity and BlackRock, uh, I also, also invested a little bit in property on the side. Um, but it probably, I don't want to say too much in case I get into troubles. But you see, I work in investment funds, but I don't invest my money in investment funds. I buy properties. Okay, that's enough. <laughs> I don't want to get into trouble. Um, yeah, but I, I would like a little bit more control um, of my investment. And um, so I decided that instead of investing in, you know, say 100 companies where you have absolutely no control and you can't see the tangible results of your investment, I've decided to invest in property. But at that time, I was uh, living a crazy uh, life, you know, uh, three months in Hong Kong, three months in New York, and I just didn't have much time. So I only invested in uh, all, um, like brand new off-plan flats. So um, about three years ago, um, something wonderful happened to me. Uh, I welcomed the arrival of my baby girl and she's absolutely lovely. And uh, I thought I had a like basically um, breakdown because I couldn't decide what to do. Do I keep going back to work after my maternity leave and then hand her to a nanny or fundamentally change my life and you know, stay at home and be there for her? And uh, I was just like thinking and debating. And suddenly I realized actually even with just pure um, no, off-plan flats where you can add very little value and you spend very little time on that, those. I probably made more money uh, through investing in property than my daytime job uh, in the investment fund industry. Uh, I was a little bit lucky because uh, uh, my first flat was bought in 2010 
And my, uh, you know, so London has gone through a very, very big price hike. So, um, so basically, uh, sorry, I drag on a little bit. So my why is really just to have the flexibility, stay at home, look after my little girl, but also um, having my financial independence and being able to provide for my family has always been a great pleasure for me. So I decided to do property. And was there any resistance from anybody else in the family for you to make that decision? Not at all. Uh, actually, I'm lucky and unlucky at the same time. So my, my husband, um, at that time, he had some issues, some legacy issues with his childhood. There were some traumas and stuff. And you, you are mom, you know that, you know, when a new child arrives in your life, actually bring all those things out. And also couple that with stress at work, um, lack of sleep and stuff. So he had an absolute meltdown. He, uh, we ha he had to stop working straight away and go on sick leave. So there was another why for me. Uh, actually, actually, it was not a why. It was like um, I didn't even have an option to be a stay-at-home mom. So, uh, so at that time, I didn't actually, but the, the really good thing about my husband is he's a very, very nice guy and he's very supportive. So I took the plunge basically because I had to replace both of our salary. Actually, both of us used to work in London with quite a high income and we got used to that. So I didn't have any, many more choices back then. But it, it was the right choice. Absolutely, I never looked back. Uh, so I bought my first property, I still remember, in October 2018. So that was just over two years ago, was my first HMO. And I converted into six bedrooms all en suite. So all my HMOs, most of the rooms are en suite. They're in great location in London. And also they are very, very nice. So I target the professional tenants. And my strategy has been always been, I'll buy something really, really run down. Uh, actually, now looking back, most of my property I bought from dead people because it was probate. <laughs> it was not, 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 not intentional, but it just happened to be because, you know, the worst properties usually are the probate properties. So I bought them and then I'll increase the value through extension, refurbishment. I extend in every single direction you can. I know, um, you know, in different markets, the strategy is slightly different, but in London, we try to extend as much as you can. And uh, I also um, quite often, say, actually half of my um, properties are large HMOs. I mean, more than six bedrooms. So you need planning. So I always play, uh, play with planning a little bit and to increase the value, really push up, up the value. Because when I started, I had a pot of money. Uh, it's not small, but it's not big either. But for me to gain financial uh, independence and replace both my husband and my salary, I really need to make the money work very, very hard. So I've always managed to, like I think most of my properties, recycle 90% to 120% of the initial money out. So sometimes after I've done a project, I actually end up with more cash than before. Uh, so give you an example, there was one property I bought in Croydon for 400 and uh, I did all what I described and also played with the planning and now it's an eight person HMO and got value to 820. So for that deal, I actually took out about 50,000 more than I spent. Yeah, I just, one after another, one after another. And, uh, and uh, actually I'm very proud today, I got one of the mortgage offer grade on one of my properties. 
and I did a calculation. Actually, after the property is remortgaged, I'll have the same amount of money, cash, in my bank account as I started two and a half years ago. But now I have six million pounds of properties as well. That's incredible, Sharon. And, you know, it's really testament as well to say that you've managed to do it in in London, because a lot of people I hear say, oh, you can't make property deals. They don't exist down in the south. You have to go up north to make the numbers work. And you're proving that you can do it in the area that you were living in, which is incredible. And that you've managed to sort of start with that pot and accumulate your portfolio and then still have that pot of money there because you've just been recycling it. I actually, um, a little advertisement. I met Amy through Property Sisters, and it's a great group. Okay, I stop. <laughs> well, that's the reason I remember Property Sisters because I got so many calls and the text messages from um, you know members of the Property Sisters group. Actually, I've had chats with so many of them, and this question actually popped up every single time. They said. Do I need to go to the Midlands? Do I need to go to the North? And But I feel uncomfortable. I don't know anybody there. Do I have to do that? I know everybody is different. You know, property is quite unique. It's a unique experience for everyone. But I always told them that, you know, you have to do it in London if you want to recycle the cash. Um, for example, me, if I have invested in, you know, in the North, Birmingham, Manchester, they are great cities. But the capital uplift is quite limited compared to London. Because um, in London, you could easily double the value of the property uh, through extension and the loft, et cetera. Um, doing the same amount of work in the North costs probably more or less the same, actually, because the labor cost material is exactly the same. But maybe in London, for the same amount of work, you can increase the value of the property by 400,000. And in the North, probably 150. So um, after a couple of properties, because of the deposit, you know, the money you leave in the deal, you eventually have to stop. But in London, um, I feel it's a, it's a different story. I can probably continue doing this for the rest of my life. <laughs> so Shirin, it seems to me that had you not had your daughter, you might not have gone down this path. No, not at all. Um, I actually enjoyed my old life. And that it was something I knew. And uh, I think that now I think back, I think, you know, why those big corporates, they can keep talents, they can keep good people there. And uh, I, I, I talked to some of my friends, you know, now they know me, they're all quite, you know, they're envying me and they wish they made the same decision. And they are very, very smart people. But I think the big corporates are very smart. They keep you busy. And when you work 12 hours a day, you don't really think about other things. So um, I think if it wasn't for my little girl, I would just have continued my old career without ever questioning it. Yeah, I see. I mean, I see this so often that people don't have the time to think, as you say, that they are in this cycle where they are. I call it existing as opposed to living almost because and there's nothing wrong if you really enjoy what you're doing in working in that environment. But it is a case of have you consciously ever stopped to think about the 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 way that you're living? Have you stopped to think about, is this sustainable? What's your future going to be like? What's your legacy going to be? And it seems to be that 
you it took to sort of two two breakdowns you know well your husband to have that breakdown after the birth because of all the trauma that sort of instigated but also you had the time to stop and think about whether this was the life that you wanted to live yeah well you had a lot of time you know three o'clock in the morning breastfeeding sitting there oh what do I do with my life So as a result, and you've clearly sort of changed the whole family dynamic as well. It's not just been from a financial perspective, it's from a well-being and, and sort of a different perspective. Does your has your husband gone back to work now or is he involved nope. in Nope. Um, so my husband, he, um, he he's always so I'm from China and he's uh, actually British, he's like white British. Um, but we met, I fell in love with him because he loved my culture so much. He knew more about the Chinese history, Chinese culture, martial arts, more than like an average Chinese person. So his passion has always been uh, martial arts. So he does Chinese Kung Fu, um, Wing Chun, Tai Chi, and all that. So um, after, you know, his breakdown and uh, we, we, we wanted to hit you know, him to improve his mental health and stuff as well. And uh, um, what could be better than doing something he's passionate about? So my property business, I'm super grateful. It's not just about money, to be honest. It, I think it saved us, saved me, because without something I could be proud of, you know, could uh, a reason to get out of bed, I think I could just uh, slip into postnatal depression or something like that, you know, during that difficult time. And for my husband as well, it gave him freedom. And uh, um, so he left his uh, London job um, permanently and started a martial arts business. And uh, actually, I'm doing some commercial properties. And now upstairs will be an HMO. Downstairs will be his martial arts studio. I'll be his landlady. <laughs> uh, and uh, my little girl as well, you know, um, my business, um, is enabling her to um, actually every Wednesday is mommy-daughter day. So I spend three whole days with her. And I quite often pick her up and I'm just around the house. She sees me all the time. Uh, you know, I, we, daddy as well. Daddy spends so much time. Actually, daddy probably looks after her even slightly more than me. Uh, and uh, on top of all that, and uh, we can still afford for her to go to a really good private school. Uh, extracurricular activities, which I think is a blessing because uh, we all know the sacrifice. Um, a lot of the people I grow up with is either private school but no parents, or parents but no private school. Uh, I am quite proud that I give her both. I hope she appreciates it. <laughs> and you mentioned about your sort of peers, your colleagues still being envious of what you're doing. Have they asked you specifically how you've done it? They have. And uh, and a few people, they want to actually copy me. But I don't know. Um, I think I'm quite brave. You know, the fact that I'm Chinese and in this country, I used to live in Luxembourg and Ireland. I think actually sometimes I get frustrated with my friends because they are like, oh, Shane is so cool, I want to do it. And then like six months later, Shane is so cool, I want to do it. I'm just like, just do it. But they, they still haven't. Uh, I've managed to inspire a couple of people, but I wish I can inspire more people. But um, my partner always says to me, everybody is different. Um, yeah. <laughs> 
the, the reason I ask that question is because my my husband retired because of us creating the property portfolio within three years, and everybody congratulated him and, and sort of saw him off and said, oh, fantastic, enjoy your sort of retirement. I mean, he hasn't retired because he, he hasn't been able to do the things he's been able to do because of lockdown, but he, he wanted to, to spend more time playing golf, to help volunteering with rugby and to help uh, to see his family more. But because of lockdown, he's not been able to do those and he wants to sort of travel much more as well. But what how he has been doing is he's been sort of working on, on the business. But what happened was not anybody asked him how nobody they all complained about their lives they all complain about you know what you know being stuck in the sort of nine to five but nobody actually approached him and said that's amazing how did you do it and it just really surprised me and as you're saying lots of people are saying oh you're, you know you're great well done I'd love to do that but they're still not actually taking the action and you said you were brave and you just did it you were forced to you had that clear why do you think it's having that clear purpose that helped you uh, I think absolutely um actually I've always um, planned ahead and I had the why you know in my different stage of my life um maybe the why is different but I feel like I always had the drive the why to do the things I want to do and I think it's so 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 important because it's not easy um even even with my property business now oh I say oh HMO is a bit boring now, just another one, another one. Um, but that's not after a lot of HMOs. I remember when I did my first one um, and uh, I was looking after a baby. I was doing some work for my old employer as well because I was not 100% sure if I could fire my boss or not. <laughs> I was still thinking there might be a chance I have to retire to work after my maternity leave. So there was a baby, there was um, the, the old job. And then there was property and, uh, you know, everything was a big decision because you only have that much money. You are worried about the risk. And I remember with the windows, I took quotes from 10 different suppliers and took maybe two weeks. Um, but of course, now it's just a phone call. But it was very, very, very difficult at that time. And I think every step, actually, property is fraught with problems. I feel like I'm a firefighter. Um, so every step of the journey, especially the first property, if you don't have a strong why, you have 10,000 reasons to stop doing, to quit at every stage, you know, during the buying, during the planning, during refurb, and the, even the property I told you, um, I uplifted the value so much, right? Three planning application got refused twice before I got it. So uh, I think you just, you have to be determined and positive. <laughs> You're absolutely right. And it's really interesting because, again, it's all about the obstacles that you're going to face, but knowing that they're on the way and not in the way. And I know that sounds sort of really cliche. And it's it's also understanding, as you say, to, to work on the business, not in the business so that you've got systems in place. But property, as with any business environment, does come with so many different elements, so many different areas that fit into place. And you do need to get sort of experts in the different areas for it to work and, and having the, the right people to, to advise you, because there are so many different things that can go wrong. And, and for me, again, you know, have gone wrong in, in the process of building my portfolio. And I say, as, as you have said, you have to understand why you're doing it, because otherwise you will just 
fall at that first hurdle and you know you said about the planning permission I had a planning permission that was refused again and again and then again is the third time we got to got it through but it, you know you have to just keep going you have to be determined and conscientious about it and you said earlier you said that property essentially saved your life or the you know the lives of both of you yeah um absolutely um i think without property i would have lost my why lost my purpose and uh, and for me i think that's that's huge and also it has given uh, my not just me, but my entire family uh, freedom. Not only financial freedom, but I also I think uh, the, the other most important thing is time and uh, flexibility. Mm-hmm. And now I divide my time between China and the UK, and I go to because I'm the only child as well. You know the one child policy in China, <laughs> and I spend a lot of time with my parents. So I think in a way. It, it, it positively impacted my parents, everyone around me. And uh, with my little girl as well, I'm happy and uh, I'm chillaxed <laughs> all the time because they always tell me, chill, chill, chill. So I'm chill now, okay? And uh, um, I, I think it's, yeah, it's, it's, I can't be more grateful. Uh, and, I, and I love it. And uh, I sometimes I joke with my friends. Uh, I just think how lucky I am because Quite often, right, you have a dream, you have a passion. Um, but very few times, your passion happens also to be something that actually uh, gives you financial freedom and also happens to be something that you are good at. Uh, so I think with property, I have found that. I am so lucky. I'll be doing it for the rest of my life. The other day, I was interviewed by a bank and they were asking me exit strategy. <laughs> I said... <laughs> I will be doing this for the next 30, 40, 50 years. As long as I can still, still move around with my cane, I'll still do it. And the bank manager looked at me. <laughs> yeah, and then I, I think he, was, he couldn't believe it. He was laughing at me. I love that. And and what you're doing today is that you, you reached out because you wanted to sort of share with others that this was your journey that, to inspire them to take action, which is essentially, you know, why I set this podcast up, which was to inspire others to take action. And I know that I'm surrounded by many action takers already. And, and within the Property Sisters, that's how, you know, we've connected and incredible feats that many of those women are are doing in property or in their businesses and there's some property connection there what is the 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 vision for you over the next 10 to 20 years I know you said you're going to be doing property but more specifically what is it you have in plan so number one I'll keep doing my HMOs because I do believe it's a great model and you know more and more people they choose to live alone it's a lifestyle choice now so, uh, you know, HMO really cater to that group of people. It's not just a room, but a community. Actually, I have a dream one day. I want to build something, not just my eight, nine bed HMO, but a block with library, a swimming pool, a community space, spa, cafe on the ground floor. And uh, upstairs, the all individual nice, nice rooms with suites. So people, they can come together when they want to, but they all can can also retreat to have their privacy. And actually, I speak to so many of my friends. You know, I traveled a lot in different countries. And all my friends say that um, they want to live with me when they are old. <laughs> so, so once we get rid of the kids and stuff, they want me to build a co-living place. So it's not even just for young people, for old people as well. Uh, so that's my dream, build a 
like a community large proper co-living style project. Um, on the other hand, um, I actually got into doing flat conversion, uh, and uh, I'm now doing like two, three, four, five, uh, five flats uh, in each building. But I think, uh, you know, because I like pushing uh, myself and I like trying new things, I hope one day, you know, you never know because, um, you know, I, I'm still quite young and uh, I started my business only two years and a half ago. And uh, I've had the Brexit and COVID, and I'm still here. <laughs> and the uh, company is growing at a, a really good pace. So who knows? Actually, you know me, I'm, I come from investment background, so I like those financial models. Actually, I applied the uh, rate of growth to my business for the next 30 years. I think if I stay focused, stay motivated, and the 30 years, in 30 years' time, my company will be about the similar size as Berkeley Homes or Barrett Homes. I know some people think, oh, Shren, but you need to have a dream, right? I don't have to be a Berkeley Homes, but that's maybe you know something you can look up to. <laughs> well, save a place for me because I'm going to come and live in your co-living. It sounds fabulous. <laughs> Another person. And you have different locations as well, actually, because we were traveling, we saw a building in Portugal and we saw a building in Spain. We saw a building in like uh, uh, in Copenhagen. Maybe we can do like, we can sell you timeshare as well. You buy this, you can go to different countries. <laughs> it, does, it does sound like that kind of, that image. And when, when you described the commercial property that you're currently sort of looking at or renovating at the moment where your, your partner can have the ground floor for his kung fu and you can use the rest of it for accommodation for hmo above again you know that that's similar to the space that you're designing right now your community dream to have all of those facilities on the ground floor for leisure and for community for for, for coming together which is fantastic but the co-living space I, I think it's a really important one because as as humans we are actually built to be in communities but you know we want to connect we have that sense of belonging and and that's and that need to do that so you're absolutely right in in having a focus there mm. and the, and the, i do think you know um people the distance between people are getting bigger and bigger but we are social animals and i think maybe that's why now we have so many issues with mental health um, you know, imagine in the past, you grew up and you move somewhere maybe one mile away from your parents and you have friends 30, 40 years old. And then nowadays, uh, for example, me, I went to Ireland, I went to Luxembourg, and then I came here and I'm completely detached from my parents, my family. And if I don't build a strong relationship here as well, it could be very, very difficult. Yeah, uh, no, you're absolutely right. and and. Interestingly, you were working crazy hours. You were you were working in a corporate, and you, you you managed to find a partner, even though you were working all those hours. How did that happen? It wasn't the truth. <laughs> speed dating. Well, it had to be speed something because everything you seem to do is speed showing. <laughs> so um, I met my husband and speed dating, but nowadays make me feel like a really old talking to other people, even people my age, because they're like, what is speed dating? I met my partner through Tinder, through Bumble, and I'm like, what are those things? <laughs>
Yeah, well, it, it seems to be the way forward now that a lot of people are meeting via apps and, and connecting that way. And that's the modern way. I mean, I, I met my partner. Oh, where are we now? It will be 26 years ago now. So I don't, don't feel too old. <laughs> and that was at university. So it was a, a long time. I was I was a mere second year and he was doing his postgrad. So, yeah, it's yeah a long time ago now, but all good. It's our 20 year wedding anniversary this year. That's so beautiful. Congratulations. Yeah. I feel my property manager, actually. Um, I said, you know, this business, people meeting online, actually, you know, sometimes you think about it, it's not that good. I hear a lot of complaints as well. People don't take it seriously and stuff. And I tell my um, the lady who manages all my HMOs, I'm like, you can put people, you know, you can help them connect with each other in our HMOs. You can put, like, Five girls and five boys together, similar age. <laughs> Maybe we can do a matchmaking services, like all the all the tenants in our HMO. We can like do a pop quiz or something to help them get to know each other. Yeah, it is becoming more and more disconnected as society because of the the pressures that we have. Because of the obviously because recently we've been in lockdown, there's not been opportunities to be able to get out and this. And I think there's going to be a great need for that going forward. So, Sharon, it's been amazing hearing your story. And I just want to say, well done. You know, it's absolutely incredible what you've achieved in the last two and a half years. And, you know, your beautiful daughter has created a ripple effect, whether she was aware of it or not. You know, incredible change in life for you as a whole family dynamic. Uh, I, I do agree. And also... You know, now as a mom, um, she's my priority, right? I think about it a lot. And uh, um, and I just want to say that, um, you know, how to be the best mom? Because um, I'm not sure. I don't want to say it as, you know, like an offensive way and stuff. You know, I could stay at home and look after her. And is that the way to be the best mom for her? Because, you know, girls, they look up to their mothers and they use their moms as a role model. And actually, I tend to notice that for, uh, you know, career women, they quite often raise children, raise girls who later become career focused as well. So um, what I'm trying to say actually is uh, uh, I want to set a good example for her. I want to tell her that there are many, many options. Uh, you know, you can just focus on career or you can stay at home and be a mom. Or you can actually now with, you know, the society changing and with the community changing and with people, um, you know, all our colleagues and, you know, becoming more and more forgiving, I think, um, you can even have both. It's just, it's not a one way or another. Absolutely. And it's a great message to share. It's really important. I mean, it took me 12, 14 years to work that one out. And uh, now I have, I, I call myself a midlife beginner because I, I realized I could have done it all along, but I didn't know that that was an opportunity. So you don't know what you don't know, but this is the opportunity that we're sharing now is that there are different ways that you can work and raise children and be role models. There's, there's just choosing your route that you want for you, which is the most important, what works for you and your family dynamic at the time. Yeah, absolutely. And life is long. Life is a marathon. So you have so many different stages. So it does not matter. Um, you know, maybe she can even stay at home for a few years if that's what she enjoys. But, you know, then maybe after the kids go to university and then she can start to do something else for herself. 
Yeah, the world is her oyster as a, as a parent, absolutely. So I just want to say thank you so much, Sharon. It's been an absolute pleasure to share your story, to inspire others, to share what you've done in such a short period of time and how strong your vision is, but how your why has sh- taken you on your journey. So thank you. How would people get in touch with you, Sharon? Uh, so I do have a website. If you Google Cozy House, and uh, I have uh, Instagram, Facebook. So if you Google Cozy House UK, you can find them. Uh, and also, I think Amy, you can share my uh, maybe company website, etc., in the notes. I will do. I'll put all of the links because it's not actually house as we spell it normally, is it? Yeah, it's a uh, H A U Z. Yeah. Because uh, the normal way house has already been taken by somewhere else. <laughs> So we have to be innovative. Absolutely. Innovative you are indeed. Thank you so much, Sharon. It's been an absolute pleasure. Have you got some final words for the audience, please? Um, I just want to say that sometimes challenges that disguise the opportunities, uh, when you are done in your life, when you feel that life has not been nice to you, don't despair. Uh, Look inside yourself. And maybe they are just the doors to more opportunities to another world. Thank you for listening to the Focus on Why podcast. I'm Amy Rowlandson. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please leave me a five-star Apple podcast review. Connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook, and become a member of my inspiring, uplifting, and positive Focus on Why Facebook group. I help people to focus on their why with clarity, uniting their passion with their purpose with a plan to create the life they truly desire. If you would like me to help you focus on your why, then please book a free 20-minute coaching call via candidly.com forward slash Amy Rowlandson. And if you haven't already, please sign up for the Friday Focus weekly newsletter via my website, amyrowlandson.com. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why.